0: Thanks for tuning in to Generation Orange Audio Podcast Edition. This is our fourth season doing the vlogcast and our second doing the podcast version. If you didn't know, our vlogcast airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Generation Orange every Wednesday from 7.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central. If you can't catch our live show, we get it and we understand. We upload our recordings to YouTube and you can search YouTube for Generation Orange to find our previous shows there. And if you only have time to listen, say on your drive to work while driving your kids to school, or even on your way to or from the latest Dynamo or Dash match, Hold It Down H-Town, you can catch our audio-only edition on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube Music, among other podcast platforms. Real quick, before we shift over to the show, can you do us a huge favor and wait a few extra seconds for the ad? It helps out the show and creates opportunities for us to grow. Thanks for tuning in. Now, on to the ad, and then right after that, the episode. Yo, what's up everybody? I feel like I'm delayed because I'm just running a bit slow this evening.
1: What's up guys?
0: Uh, Sorry, I had to mute the uh, Twitch stream. Forgot I had that on. I was like, wait a second. What's this? What's my voice sound that I'm hearing in the background? That's why. Uh, Yeah, guys, this is Generation Orange. I am one of your co-hosts, Sean Ringrose. And joining me as always is the lo- ever handsome and beautiful...
1: Mark Segovia, man, what's going on, guys? Uh, just excited to be here with you again. Third third consecutive week. I think this is a new record for us, Sean. <laughs> yeah, um, it certainly feels like it. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, obviously, you know, it's um it's um it's great to be here every Wednesday with you guys, you know, and it's great to have you guys, you know, especially the early worms, you know, in the chat on Twitch. Uh, we've been chatting it up. Obviously, a lot of things going on globally in football with uh Champions League and all that stuff we're talking about, and then obviously you know a little bit of Dynamo news as well, which we'll get into later on. Uh, but beforehand, uh, Sean, let me let me let me take the the stage for a little bit, man. I just want to say something real quick that was that's been on my mind, you know, um, if you don't mind. Um, obviously, you know, we know the tragic events that happened at Queretaro this past weekend, you know, on Saturday, which and, and that LS match and. Um, an unfortunate event man you know a lot of different reports about people dying or if people died or people didn't die or they didn't have reported the true number of deaths or whatever the case you know um a, a huge black eye for league imx soccer in general um and to see what The president of Liga MX handed down to Querétaro and to the the squad and everybody involved, to be honest, I feel like it was a little bit of a slap in the wrist. Um, Like I said, I I haven't gone back to see the the official reports of if people really, really died or if they, they didn't. Hopefully nobody did. But if, you know, if 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 people did you know man it's it's even that bigger slap in the face to those families affected by this tragedy that happened man and it's an unfortunate thing that you know corruption and soccer money talks you know and 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 lives don't matter the safety of the fans don't matter um i myself you know when i first saw this i was i was at a a get-together with a couple of friends you know and i kept getting notifications about it and, and, and you know and usually i'm watching soccer during that time period man and And I just I just I didn't understand what the hell was going on until I actually saw the videos pop up on social media, man. And to see people laying there unconsciously, and then have people just kick them across the head already unconscious, man. It's, you know, humanity, in all honesty, man, we become savages, man. And it's and it's a shame, you know, that this small group of people ruined this whole, you know, a whole, a whole great thing that could have been for you know for the fans that were there get up to watch to, for, who were there just to support their team you know um it's a shame um i honestly am in the, in the in the opinion that mexico should be taking off world cup 2026 um if especially because of what's happened um if they don't have the security or manpower to make sure that people traveling to that country into those stadiums can go in there and feel protected with no outside influences then they shouldn't host a world cup at all and that, and that goes to any country that goes that goes forth to it for any country um you know and hopefully i mean i'm hoping that this doesn't ever happen again you know but unfortunately you know it happened this time and it shouldn't even happen this time so you know you know my thoughts and prayers go out to those people affected by that situation in care and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, some good comes out of this at the end. But,
0: yeah. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I'm i a pretty heavy Twitter follower uh, of a lot of soccer people on Twitter. And uh, when it all went down and the videos started, you know, being shared around and tweets were going, it was, it was really, I'm going to call it surreal uh, to kind of see it all transpiring the way that it did uh and then to see how long it took uh Liga MX to come down with any sort of decision around the remainder of the matches for the for the night and the next day and then the delay in releasing any sort of any sort of discipline mm-hmm. and then the absolute and I'm going to be honest the absolute gall to sit there by the the Liga MX president and say that, you know, Liga MX needs the, uh, wh- what did he call it? The, the, Oh God. Uh, he, he, he really fuzzed the phrase a lot. Instead of it being a supporters group, it was like, uh, uh, Oh man, I wish I could remember the, I wish I could find the tweet too. Cause man, it was, it was so, it was disheartening as a fan of, of soccer on the global stage. Um, and, and, and someone who's who's come to enjoy what Liga MX offers, uh, in terms of of you know soccer slash football, and you know it, it, but what he had to say was basically to the effect of we need these groups, and they bring so much to the matches that it would be a disservice to you know to to come down with any sort of of ban to the group on the whole we 'll focus on individual fans my My issue and my concern is you have now set the precedent that in the event of something else like this happening, what is your next step? Um, you, you know, you've basically said, well, we're not going to ban the fans cause they're that important, you know? And, and, and you know, yeah, the whole idea of they're not going to allow away fans, you know, to some extent. Okay. That's fine. But you can't police that, you know, if I'm a fan of another team, as long as I'm not wearing the other teams, you know, colors, you're not going to know that I was a fan of the other team. You know, I, uh, you know and, and that's I, I you know i look at it from a from a logistics perspective cuz again i'm a i'm a guy who who i work within the the response industry and the communications industry and every point of that process that was gone through you know and 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 let's be honest let's be real you cannot mark say with a straight face that carretero did not end up just being a scapegoat for what happened they were basically thrown under the bus as a as a club and organization. Now they deserve a lot of the blame and a lot of the focus, but it should not all be completely on like Caretero for what happened.
1: No, this 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 is this is a this is an issue and I'm sorry to cut you off, Sean. Oh, you're good. Uh, you're good. I this, know you're this, passionate this, about this. Yeah, no, this this is this, this is an issue that has to do with with just all all around the league, you know, for Liga MX and everything cuz I mean, you know, obviously we we look we know that soccer fans and soccer passion is, is something that some some other fan bases don't understand around the world, right? You have the ultras in Europe and <coughs> and you have obviously passionate fans in South America. You know, we had the whole incident, you know, with uh, Boca Juniors and River Plate not too long ago at the Copa Libertadores final where it had to be moved to Spain, you know, and they played in Madrid because, you know, because of an incident that happened between those two clubs. So we, So we know that this is not a situation that hasn't happened before prior with injuries, you know. But with that being said, you know, you're this is this this you're the biggest thing in, in your in your country. You're the biggest sport in your country. You know, um, the fact that you that these guys that this that families were out there put put in danger like this in a in a in a environment where they should be able to feel safe, just you know, put put yourself in their in their shoes. Pretend we're at a dynamo game and you bring your kids out. And you're supposed to you're out there having fun, sharing a hot dog, you know, rooting on these rooting on the team. And all of a sudden you just have a bunch of people just come at, out of nowhere and just start swinging on people and just landing haymakers and finding people. And then just, you know, ripping your clothes off and, and 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 just, you know, whatever, whatever they can do, you know, to 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 harm you. And you're just there, you know, having a, a family outing, having to try to have a good time at a soccer match. Um, It's a shame, you know, that, that this is this has happened, you know unfortunately it happened at Carretero, you know, and, and obviously because it happened there, they are the scapegoat for this issue. Uh, and they're being after hung out to dry. But honestly, it's, it's a whole league issue. It's a whole league issue. Um, um, now, like I said, going back to the to the to the punishment, it's very lighthearted. Very, very lighthearted. I, I know I like they how get...
0: you described it as a slap on the wrist.
1: It, 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 it definitely was. I mean, you know, to ban the fans for a year for them to play behind closed doors for a year, and then you know, three-year ban for for I think it was the way fans and stuff like that. Dude, that's that's nothing. That's that's nothing. I mean, like I said, people's lives were affected that day. Yep. You know, yep. like uh, the videos that I seen out there. Some of these people, if if they came to to back to consciousness, they're not going to be the same. To take head kicks like that in the head. The way these people were back, kicking people's heads across across with their foot, ah man, it's it, it's a shame. It's a black eye for the the world of soccer and and uh, FIFA CONCACAF, CONCACAF should, needs to needs to get involved and, and lay and lay down something heavier for, for Liga MX and FIFA needs to go in, in there and say, you know what, uh Mexico, thank you very much, but we don't know, we no longer need you for a World Cup 2026.
0: Yeah. You know, I <coughs> same boat getting a little, getting a little, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I just, I, I look at it and I think that's a good point. Finn. you know, is it a culture thing We I deal with the P word when it comes to the, you know, the Mexican national team? And, and I would say even Liga MX to some extent that, that, you know, it's, it's pervasive there as well. <laughs> um, you know i I think if if I look at it as an outside observer, the first thing I notice is is how and to your exact point, how light the punishments were and how focused they were on a singular club and a singular, you know, the way that the punishment came down, it was very clear, even as an outside observer that doesn't know a lot about league M x, that this was you know clearly more about the potential loss of money. Than the concern over the loss of actual lives and as you said the effect of of you know what took place on multiple people's lives um it, you know it, there there was no you know I said it in chat it it felt like there was no remorse from the league or from the president or you know or or anybody in in a in a seat of authority or power about what took place it it was the most remorse i saw were from you, you know, was from outside of, of league MX. It was from, you know, various individuals tied to soccer globally talking about how this sort of thing can't stand, um, yeah. you know, and, and I, I just, I come back to that because we're in a time right now where, you know, what a hell of a time for, for this to happen in league MX, where, you know, we cannot deny that there's other significantly violent global things going on in the world And, you know, you just want to escalate and you want to bring something else into the mix of those people who who want to be let's be clear, who want to be xenophobic, who want to be very insular, uh, you know, into who they are and and where they come from. And, you know, something like this happens. And instead of addressing it, you just kind of shake it off. You just kind of ignore it. Well, it, it gives more credence to what those people are you know, what those people want to focus on, which is, you know, what kind of what Finn said, it's all about the culture type thing, you know, or, yeah. or it's related to culture. And, and, and I think you have to be super careful when you start going down that path.
1: Yeah. And this, and this is the last thing I'm saying about this. And uh, you know, I don't want to carry too much on this because we got a show to do about the dynamo. I'm glad and, you
0: brought it up though. though. Thank you. Uh
1: But, but yeah, man, but like, you know, you know, the fact that, that, you know, games still played on after, after that happened, cause it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a pretty early game. I mean, it wasn't the latest game was just a simple sign of like dude come on you know it's it's a state of it's basically a state of emergency for your league I mean when something like that happens that happens and you don't know what's going on and then with reports of people dying there I mean dude like that's 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 when you need to be like you know what we need to step back and stop and look I'm not going to get into the whole narrative of you know of things of you know why why things happen or or there was influence from outside, you know, presence or whatever. I'm not going to get into all, all that, whatever reports that the the the, the federal government does or, or the police department there does and whatever they find out, they find out. Right. But case in point is it shouldn't happen. shouldn't have happened at all. So, but yeah, with that being said, you know, like I said, you know, uh dr paris to the families out there affected and get at that old man so i do so
0: i think this is a great transition that gets us back to dynamo and still allows us to kind of talk about this from an mls perspective i think H town pursuits question is a really valuable one that i think we need to discuss mls is in a tough spot too with all the ties they've been trying to develop with Liga mx both publicly and privately what do they see happening in the future what what changes do they, you know, would they try to enforce, uh, you know, obviously there's the, 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 what do they call it? The, the, uh, God, the nation's league or whatever. I don't remember what they call but it.
1: Look, 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 Sean, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm tell you one thing. And I'm going to tell you one, one thing quickly. And this, and this might, and this might answer the question real quick. Francis, and, that's me, and that's all I need. And that's all I need. The the thing about Liga IMAX, the Mexican Federation, or just Mexico in general, it's the golden goose for FIFA, you know, money wise money-wise and anywhere Mexico, Mexico can play at the end of the, at the, at the the corner of the earth and you'll have 10,000, 20,000 Mexican fans in that stadium. You know Um, the thing with Liga MX and MLS obviously trying to connect was because, you know, MLS being an up and coming league and Liga MX kind of faltering a little bit. They kind of seen that they can help each other out, you know, hand in hand. Now, as commissioner of MLS, if I'm Don Garber now, do well, now that this has happened, do I step back and say maybe you know what, maybe I don't need Liga MX as much as I thought I needed them. You know, yeah, you know, obviously, obviously the fan base, the fan base would be great to be connected the, to create rivalries and things like that. That's great, but I mean, but look, you can create rivalries by having by having competitions, international competitions, just like the European teams, you know just i mean you know even though we, we the super league was a thought whatever and you would and we would love to see teams like real madrid versus bayern munich all the time whatever but that's what that's what makes it special when those teams actually get to play each other in a competition that means something you know like you know when the that when the dynamo used to have the rivalry with pachuca you know it meant something when we saw those guys because that means that we were that we were one of the top teams in mls they were one of the top teams in the liga mx and when we saw each other we we were playing for something to wander that down and just have them play because we're we're trying to you know just to, just to cheapen ourselves and get some more fans on the MLS side is kind of eh whatever look you know focus on the focus on the fan base that you got at the at home you know for the, as 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 point example with the Dynamo right yeah the Dynamo they're, they're they're targeting Mexican players because we have a lot large Mexican culture here in Houston which makes sense right. Uh, the same thing with Central Americans and things like that. That's why we have Panamanian players, Salvadorian players, Honduran players, and all those other type of players to connect with the with the with the culture that's here in Houston. But with that being said, I mean, look, if if we didn't sign or whatever, at the end of the day, if your team is winning, the team, the, the fans will show out. That that that's, that's 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 always remained true to me as far as fa- as far as fan bases goes. Now there's there's a small you know. Fan base, you know, out there, you know, in each in each game that might not show out, like you know, you think of you think of teams like the Tampa Bay Rays or whatever, great teams, but they never have fans out there or whatever. But but for the most part, if your team is winning and they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing to win and bringing a good product to the to the pitch court field wherever you're hosting your event, people are going to show out and they're going to come out and support
0: yeah for sure so uh let's transition to our first topic of the day
1: mark would you well, like first to Sean, actually you? i, I no, actually that, actually i was gonna say one
0: question of the day
1: well well it has it's related to twitter man but i want right. to go for it i just want to i just want to you know give a round of applause to the people out there you know i saw the generation orange account went over 800 followers so Holy guys shit. you know i appreciate a round of applause to all you guys and i'm pretty sure cool. all of you guys follow us um you know so hey let's get it to a thousand as soon as we can you know and all all that great stuff. But, yeah, round of applause to you guys for that. Uh, Now, the poll question of the day. Um, You know, every show time that we have, we try to have a poll question today, so that way we have something to talk about. You know, obviously, we're get trying to get on here prior, a couple of minutes on, uh, before the the actual show starts so that way we can talk about some stuff. But, you know, a lot of stuff on Twitter has been said after the SKC game, Sean. I don't know if you, you know, you said you're beving heavy on Twitter and stuff like that, you know obviously you follow all the dynamo news and everything that's going on i mean i was
0: quoted hold up i was quoted in a dynamo theory article this week uh from the twitter account yeah i happened to catch it uh you know talking about uh because somebody had replied to my tweet uh talking about my frustrations and how you know i'm at the point where yes i'm going to continue to give Paolo more time but i need to see an adaptation right and yeah. and I know that's gonna tie into your your poll question of the day, which is great, but uh it was really funny because in the article they used that tweet and then somebody had replied to that tweet and said fuera uh, Nagamura. Uh and so they used that as a whole you know, a whole springboard oh. to start talking about firing you know, Nagamura and and the fan sentiment around that, even though most fans are pretty content with uh, where you know the way things are moving forward.
1: Okay, so let, let's let's get to the question real quick. And then we, you know, we can obviously uh, give out our opinions about it. And then we can, kind of ask the people in the chat on here as well? And then, you know, go back and forth about it. Cause I think it's a topic that I think a lot of people have a lot of uh, thought in and want to see happen, but, you know, but sometimes, you know, be careful what you wish for, but anyway, so the question is, so there's been some criticism about the play from the midfield and the lack of creativity and distribution. What three midfields do you want to see start? Uh, The, 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 the answer the questions i mean i'm sorry the choices were uh, as is vera memo Siren, which have you know been the first they've been the starting three midfielders for the first two games uh do you want to see vera Siren, and coco take off memo do you want to see vera quintero and coco take off both memo and Seren or other you know and write in your comments and i'll go over some some of some of the some of the three four three that they've chosen but outstanding you know a uh, result here 79 percent want vera quintero and coco to start um this this saturday versus vancouver now we'll see if that happens we'll see how close we're, we're close to being right but because of that uh one person out there which i'm i'm guessing it's a frisco fan or maybe an austin fan who knows um wanted want to keep it as is which you know hey look defensively the dynamo have only allowed one goal so I mean, if we're looking at this thing, the half, half full, you know, half glass full. a hey, one goal against SKC and um, um, who, uh, Colorado was a Colorado, no RSL. I'm sorry, you know, it's not too bad. But I mean, obviously, it would be a lot better if we were scoring goals. Nine um, percent of the people said they wanted to see Vera Seren, and Coco. So nine percent of y'all think memos, the 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 problem as as the main focus point of linking up with the forwards, which I honestly think, and I know Sean, you're, you feel strongly about memo as a playmaker, not being up to par to be able to distribute you and, uh, and, uh, be able to get the ball to Ferreira and Fafa and, and Baird. And, of and 9% of you as well said other, and let me give you some of the other combinations that they had out here. Uh, Vera Jones and Coco, obviously before the news of Jones being traded, um, Vera, Coco, and Palomino, which is, you know, I know, I know a lot of you guys out there are want to see Palomino out there in the pitch, and, and and to be honest, I'm with you. I mean, I mean, you know, the kid was brought in with a lot of a lot of hype around him. Obviously, he has some trials in Portugal and and Spain, you know. So, and there was a lot of uh, uh, of hype around him, and we've yet to see him at a consistent basis with the first team. And obviously, he did a great job last year at, UC, at the UCL club that he was with. Um and another another one was uh da, 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 Vera DQ and Seren. So that this one would be taking off uh taking off sorry, yeah, Vera DQ, uh Cantero, and Seren. So that would just be taking off memo for Taro. Sean, your thoughts. What three what what combination of three that would you want to go with if you had if you were uh Paolo this Saturday?
0: I'm not starting Quintero because Quintero is not yet ready to go longer than a half, and I would rather bring him in uh later in the match. I know that's a lot of creativity on on the bench, but it is what it is. I would sub out uh I would sub out memo for Coco, so I would have Coco, uh siren and Vera uh as my three starter midfielders uh if I was Paolo mm-hmm. and I was faced with that decision. I think Coco has said he he feels he's between ninety to ninety five percent ready. Uh, and, you know, ready for a full match. Uh, and to me, that's when you bring the guy in and, and you let him go. And we've seen he's looked like he's got that edge again where he wants to, you know, create and he wants to uh, have opportunities and that sort of thing. And um, I, I just like I said, Darwin is 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 iffy for me, because when he's out there, yes, he does create a lot of problems. But. I feel like earlier in the match, that actually is going to cause him more problems because there's going to be fresher legs out there, and so he's not going to have as much space as he would have if he comes mm-hmm. in for, say, the second half or the final 15, 20, 30 minutes of the second half um, to to kind of have more of that. Now, from the Seren perspective, people, you know, and, and Colin asked, you know, explain about Seren. They don't get it. The the thing that, and this was kind of reminded to me this weekend, but you know, the, there's a good reason to, to have Soren in the lineup, even if he doesn't start all the time, even if he's maybe struggling a little bit here and there. And it's the same reason that you have a designated player that you spend a lot of money on, like a Sebas Ferreira, that you continue to start. Right. It's because it's because of what they can bring for you off the pitch as much as on the pitch. And what I mean by that is Soren brings with him because right now we have no other player on this squad in the lineup. That has that same El Salvadoran draw that Darwin Serena is going to have. And right now, until Hector Herrera gets here, that is a hugely important piece to the puzzle for the front office of the Dynamo. And it's going to be difficult for Paolo to shrug him to the bench granted with that said there are possibilities that he could go to the bench and you could start every so often another player in his stead but i would like to see him paired up with coco and vera and give an opportunity for coco and seren to interchange a little bit the little bit that i saw of that there were possibilities you know but it was such a short period of time that it just <laughs> wasn't enough to really make a valid observation as to as to whether that could work or not work at all
1: you know i see uh, i see a lot of hate for Seren, and I see see a lot of people want to trade him away and things like that, you know, and, and to the point that you bring, obviously, you know, he brings him being Salvadorian, you know, brings a little bit of attention to the club as far as fan bases that are not, not naturally dynamo fans, but more fans of the national team, which is, you know, obviously something that we're trying to approach with the Herrera signing as well. But, uh, but with that being said, you know, we're focused on the pitch and what the pitch brings. Right. And look, Soren Soren has his moments, has his great moments, and he has his moments where you're sometimes like, "What the what the hell are you thinking, dude?" You know, and and look, man, you know, Soren, in my opinion, ha- was always meant to be, especially at this level, this level of MLS that we're at now, and the level of MLS has increased a lot, you know, over the last five years. Uh, I think Soren is a better suited as a, as a bench player, but due to what we have currently, you know. Seren, I think paired with Coco is a lot better than what Memo with, with Seren is because first and foremost, Coco I think is more explosive, can distribute the ball and can be a playmaker and create his own shot and create shots for everybody else, right? And then you have Seren there backing him up. You know, if he, if he loses the ball, he's able to defend and, you know, or maybe even get the ball back or whatever. Whereas to Memo for Memo, Memo for him is a little bit harder to, to create and to distribute to where I think. So takes it upon himself to push the ball forward and to try to create, and that's not his, and that's not his natural position. He's not a creator. He's not a he's, he's not a he's not a distributor of the ball and things like that. He's more he's even though he, he even though he plays at eight, he's more of a six than he is a ten or anything like that. So you know, I think for him to be paired up with a better playmaker would do a, a lot to benefit the not just him individually, but the team as a whole you know um so I'm, I'm like you I'm like you Sean even though yeah I would love to see Quintero out there as well and alongside with Coco to just bring that firepower that we know both of them can bring along with you know Fafa and Sebas and then I'm not I don't want to say Bear because Bear disappointed me as well but but even if it's, it is him or Pasher um you know I think it would be a lot better but then you know like we like you mentioned, Cantaro's not not ready yet. Coco said he's ninety percent. If he's ninety percent, he's hundred percent to me. Let's go. You know this this. You only have a couple of weeks to see what this guy's gonna do before his loan ends, and whether or not you're gonna make this permanent. And you have to make sure that you're gonna make the right decision because he has to. Uh, it's gonna cost you money, and obviously, you're trying to use that money for some other players, high high level players, and. You want you want to know if if Coco's gonna occupy one of those high level positions that that uh, you're trying to uh, uh, that you're trying to fill. Uh, so you need to have him playing as many minutes with as many different people as possible to see if he fits. Now the the glimpses that I've seen this season, and obviously the glimpses that I've seen last season, and obviously the 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 what I've seen from him on the Panamanian team, I want I want Coco on my team. I feel like he's he's one of those players that ups the level for the whole squad and. Uh, and 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 all that good stuff um so i mean it's it's great to see you know coco you know doing the thing you know but i want to see him starting i know a lot of you guys want to see him starting i know a lot of you guys want to see him out there dominating you know um we've all seen him play with panama how he's played against you know big teams like mexico the u.s and all that stuff and we see the amazing things that he that he does uh we want to see him do it in orange you know uh we want to see him do all that good stuff uh, Duwaka says, "Who gets the best spot now that Derek is gone?" You know that's interesting. Obviously, you know with Derek Jones being gone, you know uh, a lot of speculations about you know whether or not they're going to bring another player. As of right now, I know Pat was quoted saying that he wants to bring in at least another player or two before the the the, the transfer window closes. Uh, But as of right now, what's what's currently available? I mean, I mean you have an, a number of of players that haven't made the match day 18. Their midfields. You have Palomino. You have obviously uh, Castilla. I mean, a lot of people have, are, are fans of him, even though he's a little bit younger. You have Danny Rios, who's another Salvadoran international player who's played for the national team already a couple, a handful of times. Uh, you know, so you do have options in Dinadose that that might be able to fill Jones's shoes, or Pat might be have might have another move ready to go to you know bring in and fill that spot in for Jones, or maybe even be the starter and push Sorrent into that spot and uh, and and put whoever he brings in in the starting lineup, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, you know, uh, but yeah, I feel the same with this. I feel the same way as you, Sean. I need Coco. I know I need Coco starting. Um, and that obviously means he starts over memo. Uh, I, I've, I've always said, and on this show and anywhere that people would hear me Twitter or anything, I feel that my memo skills are better suited for him to come up, come up against tired legs. I think memo can dominate real well. Well, maybe not dominate. I don't know. Uh, he can do, he can play a lot better against tired legs those last 15, 20 minutes. You know, I think he can come and do, do a really good job for us. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, we were in the Wilmer era when he was, you know, scoring goals and, you know, things like that. We forget that he had a lot of goals that were, you know, tap-ins. But because you have people like Albert Elise assisting in the ball, or Kyoto gives him the ball, you know, players of 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 high talent, you know, getting him the ball and when you have players like that surrounding you you get a lot of tapping goals easily so but yeah sean so i mean you know i don't know will you be disappointed if Paulo brings in the same three midfielders again this 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 saturday
0: i will not be disappointed if there is another you know change somewhere else in the lineup uh, as long as he's attempting to make changes. And again, I, I get the situation with the midfielders, right? You know, yes, you have two midfielders on, and I, I, I get it, Mark, I know. But at the same time, you, you know, you kind of said it when we kicked off the show. And if you think about it, we've started the season defensively, incredibly sound, you know, you've given <laughs> a one really fluky goal more over, you know, over 120 minutes, uh, sorry, 180 mm-hmm. minutes. They're right, 90, yeah, 180 yeah, was not great there. Um, you know, so it, it's kind of a catch-22 thing. Of you know, you know, right now, Memma, Vera, and Siren are giving you the best defensive lineup that you have. I don't think there's anybody that would doubt that at the moment. But you know, if you go and you make a change, and you know, and we know that one of the changes that he wants to make because who you know who was one of the very first subs that he brought on, uh, or not one of the first, but he brought on fairly early was still Seka. So he wants to bring Seca in and he wants to give Seca some minutes. So, you know, well, I, I think that, I, that change could be Seca instead of necessarily tweaking the midfield right away.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I, I think, you know, regardless if you put, you know, who was it, Griffin first, you know, who started the first game, then Valentin who started the second game. And then I'm pretty sure Seca will start this match if he's, if he's, if he's, if Paulo feels that he's acclimated enough with the squad. I think second was always going to be the starter. Just the fact that you know that we signed them kind of late in the kind of late in the preseason window, whatever, things like that. He needed a little bit of a, a gain time and familiarity with his with his new counterparts before you can actually start him. Um, but to be honest, I mean, look, I, I understand what you're saying, and look, look, the defense has been great. You know, to only allow one goal in the first 180 minutes of the match uh, of the season. I mean, that's 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 great, obviously. But let's not forget. You you spent a record number of on a transfer fee for a player number nine who's only touched the ball twice in two matches. You know? Um you bought him in to be your goal scorer. You know, you pay you pay when you pay that amount for a transfer fee for 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 a player like like Sebastian Ferreira, you're expecting goals, but he can't score goals if he doesn't have the ball on his feet, you know? And you can't let him go deep into the midfield to go get the ball and expect him to go push up by himself. Like that's not that, that's not what number nines do. You know, and by the time he gets up there, if he is doing that, I'm pretty sure he's going to get stripped. Um, so I mean, so it's kind of counterproductive in a way because you know, obviously, if we're looking at it glass half full, the defense is great. You know, we see we we we've had a a crappy defense the last half decade or whatever, you know, and to see the defense be solidified, stable, and that's even without teenage or Seca and and and, the, and that back six yet. You know it, it's great to see, but then on the other side, when we're looking at the glass half empty, your biggest transfer fee signing, Sebastián Ferreira, hasn't done anything. Um, your biggest conversation last season, uh, and Corey Baird, hasn't done anything. I, I don't even think he played in SKC to be honest. <laughs> he he was invisible the second game. Uh, Fafa, I mean, you know, obviously Fafa, we know he has the speed and he runs back and forth, but I mean, he hasn't been really able to do anything as well either. So, you know, it's it's an unfortunate thing for those three guys where, you know, they're paid to go score goals and to assist, but they can't do it because there's no distribution from the midfield.
0: Yeah, you know, I I like that because I think there's uh, – I, I like your take on that. Sorry, let me clarify. Um, because, you know, you, you pointed out those three guys in particular, Fafa, Baird, and, and Sivas, are being paid to score goals, and I think there's something to that. But I also think it's unfair to place all of the offensive burden on those three guys when there needs to be a fourth player that comes in and can create and distribute. Right now, the biggest real issue is we have no distributor of the ball in the I first 70-some-odd minutes of the match. When And you see it as soon as Darwin Quintero and Coco Kataskia come on the entire dynamic and flow of the game and flow of the attack and flow of possession, it all transforms and it all changes. And I do want to see more like, I do want to see the same amount of possession and the same amount of, you know, controlled possession, but there comes a point that controlled possession needs to transition into attacking possession. You have to be able to transition. I'm holding the ball and you can't get it into. I'm going to at least create a chance out of this. We've not been able to even do that part of the equation. And I've been told by multiple people, and this is, you know, publicly and otherwise, that a lot of that has to do with Paolo's desired approach of fixing the defense first, making sure the defense is sound and making sure that is, you know, is watertight as it is, and so that you can focus on the attack and you could start tweaking little things to find those edges in the attack that you need to find. And that's all I'm all I'm asking for at Apollo is I just want to start seeing those tweaks. Look, we are clearly defensively sound right now, and there's not a lot of holes or cracks in the defense. And that being the case, I don't think we need to spend another three months trying to make the defense more solid than it is. Mm-hmm. It's clearly at a point that's, you know, it, it, I could be content with it. And I think any fan could be content with the level of defense we're playing right now and, and how we play defense for a full 90. What I need to see though is that transition into the attack start to actually happen. I need to see that transition into the attack actually be something that transpires on you know on the pitch.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's and it's crazy to think. I mean, look, the Dynamo, regardless of what you want to think before, prior to obviously the the Ted Siegel era. I mean, they've already invested heavily into that defense. You know, with with what they but with what they paid for Parker from from the New York Red Bulls, what they invested in to get teenage in here um obviously the second move you know is is a huge move and 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 so on and so on right now that you see you know obviously it's a short sample two games you know things like that people are still getting their legs underneath them and still trying to get into uh full fitness shape but i mean but still i mean you know let's take the positives where we can and this defense has shown that it, it it can do the job you know but with that being said do I need two sixes all the t- every game? You know, I mean, do I? I don't need Vera and Saran playing six. You know, if, if I invested that much on the back, on my back four, you know, it should be one six and then have your eight and your ten or two eights or you know however you however you decide to do the the other two midfielders or whatever. You know, but so you know because like look look at it from from the perspective of of when Cantaro comes in. Cantaro single handling has has almost gotten the dynamo. F- Four, at least four points you know he could have won the game at he could have won the game at home the opener with that fantastic kick that he a shot at on goal that he had that hit the crossbar and then he could have won the he could have maybe well i don't know if he would have won the game but you know at least a tie you know with skc you know when when the ball was robbed was was taken away from the uh, skc player deep in the dynamo f- side of the field you know he almost chipped it in or whatever so i mean you know so you see what a player like Cantero can do when he's given the opportunity. Um, now, do you only want to give that type of player only 20 minutes to execute whatever you want him to execute? Or would you rather have him play 60, 70 minutes and then if he's tired, take him off, you know? And then let a player like Memo, who's of lesser quality, come in against tired legs and maybe he can do uh, do a job for us, you know, with the against against that that tired squad. Because, you know, like I said, even though... The defense has been has been great. I'm not sure how much of my offense I'm willing to sacrifice, especially when I'm not scoring any goals. I mean, look. Fortunately for us, I mean, I mean, look, the Latina's coming up next, and Vancouver hasn't scored any goals either. But you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, if I if I if I'm at PNC Saturday night, especially with this freeze coming through, and you know, there's there's no hotness of goals scoring in that in that in that back of the net. I mean, I'm gonna be a little upset. You know, so so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully this goal is drought ends this Saturday.
0: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it, and, and I mentioned it in the comment there in the chat, you know, it, it's as much in talking about Coco's lack of connecting with the other players. Uh, you know, it's as much on those other players as it is on him. And the reason I say that is how many times have we seen players not even react to the pass and not move into a position to receive a pass and instead they're just out there kind of walking around almost just going through the motions instead of trying to you know trying to find space or trying to make something happen Um, especially late in matches where you've already got tired defenders you might as well you know you might as well force the issue with them instead of just sitting back and hoping that okay I'll get the ball and then I'll have an opportunity to try to make something happen you need to create something While you're off the ball as much as you need to create when you're on the ball. And I think there's just too much waiting around when someone else has the ball instead of trying to get a little bit more forward or trying to put a pressure on a defender or, you know, trying to get behind the line, as it were, uh, and create a mismatch somewhere, you know, whatever it is. I just don't think there's enough of that that takes place. And it ends up with a lot of what we see, which is that passes just kind of go into the open area and nobody's there to actually run onto them because they're too busy walking their way up, hoping that somebody else will do it for them.
1: John, let me ask you a question. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna throw this question out to you guys in the chat as well. So feel free to answer as well, and we'll go through the answers as 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 they come as they come through. Um Corey Bird, Baird, do you think um is it an issue because of the fail of the lack of distribution and, and balls being up being shot up there, or is it time for Tyler Patrick to come back and and show us Patchard time like he did last season?
0: I mean I don't really feel like outside of the one shot that Pasher had last weekend, I don't really feel like he's shown anything more than Corey Baird has necessarily shown. But uh yeah, and I agree with George, right? Baird's not a creator. It should not fall on Baird to be a creator. No, 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 no no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no, no, look look, look,
1: look. And this is why I ask. I'll tell you why I'm asking this. Because, you know, the whole SKC game, he was a ghost, let's be honest, right? But, you know, um, but you still hear Fafa's name. You know, you still hear Fafa, Fafa going around, and the same thing with last, like last season. You know, when 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 I supposedly had all this hate on Fafa, you know, and Pasha was doing the, doing the business, you know, beginning early last season. You know, it's a uh, it's one of those things where I miss the days where both my wingers are operating at the same time. You know, so we need to get that, we need to find that fix. We need to get that fix somehow where both my wingers are being operated are operating. At a high level, at the same time, and it's not just one, you know, doing all the doing the whole job on one side, and you know, getting all the defenders on one side, and the other ones ghost for the whole game. You know, like I said, obviously, I know the fact that our midfielder, our, midf- our, mid- our midfield at the moment is not the most creative and can't distribute the ball at, at to save their lives. Um, but let's say Coco and you know, let's say Cancelo come in, whatever, and they start. And it's still the same thing. Barrett still comes out as a ghost. Do you think it's time for Pasher after that, or do you still are you still willing to give Bear a little bit of benefit of doubt, and you know, to help him find himself? Because he is a he. I think he had a couple of caps with the United States national team. Right, he's an ex US men's national team player. If I if I if, I'm cor- if I remember correctly, you, you guys can correct me in the chat if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, what do you think?
0: So here's my thing with Pasher. I don't want to get into a situation where we begin to rely like we did with Elise when Elise was here on him being the creator. I don't want that to happen because Pasher is not reliable from an injury prone perspective. He's not reliable for a full season. And if you start to trust and rely that Pasher is going to be that guy, what happens when Pasher is gone? Everybody's used to that. So he's just, it's just going to be the next guy that goes into that position. But that next guy is Corey Baird. And we've already seen, he's not that guy either. So, I, I, I am very reticent to say, hmm. oh, yeah, let's just put Pasher in there because I do think that there will become a significant reliance. Just like we had last this- season, even when Pasher was out, our reliance on Fafa was tremendous. The amount yeah. of pressure on Fafa throughout the entire season was ginormous. And we put a lot on his plate to try to handle because nobody else could create we have but to find a creator. Period. End of story. And it cannot be a winger. It needs to be somebody
1: else. It needs to be a full-blown ten, obviously. But you know, but but that's I think that's kind of counterproductive to say, you know, we can't we won't bring a player on the pitch because we want to be too reliant on, on him. Because if if he's doing the job, he's doing the job, you know, if, and hopefully he can do the job without getting injured, right? That's 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 what you want. Um uh, Fafa came through and through resources. Look, Mark us nah, come look. around on Fafa.
0: Can no, I just no, 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 say, no, no, no. Mark, has, Mark has come to see the light of what makes Fafa great.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, like, I don't know if great would be the, the average adjective I would use on him, but I mean, but like I said, you know, he does the job and, and I understand, you know, that a lot of people's quality went down because you know, of the whole coaching staff last season and, the, and prior to that, whatever. So, but you know, it, it's it's one of those things where like I want both sides of my of of my wingers working cohesively and and feeding the ball to my number nine or or, or 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 crashing or crashing the box, finding ways to score, you know, or providing crosses, you know. And it's just not happening right now, you know. It isn't. And I know the midfield is part to blame and things like that. But I mean, it's it's sometimes where you know, as wingers, you come down to the midfield, you get the ball yourself, and you and you move up and, and press and press and and try to cross, but I just haven't seen that from Corey, Corey Baird uh, at this moment, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and I, like I said, I mean, I agree with that. I do think that Pasher absolutely would is a better start over Corey Baird. I also want to be careful that we do, you know, we don't put too much onus on Pasher right away when he gets back uh, to, to, you know, to starting because uh, again you know we i think uh, have a tendency from all the struggles we've had offensively somebody's going to have to carry the brunt of that weight when you know when they start figuring it out there's going to be expectations along with that like okay but you know you know we figured it out now the now the floodgates need to open we need to start scoring for
1: real now no for sure i understand i understand what you're saying but you know this is one of the things about like one of the things that i think a lot of people came to be with passion and got enamored with passion was the fact that you know it was this little USL player that came out of nowhere and gave his whole heart and everything. And, and what gave, I mean, you could see when he played on the pitch, he gave his all. And I, and I, and, I, and as a fan, as a supporter of a club, that's all you ever want from a player, right? You know, talent aside, you know, you just want the player to give their all and fight for the, the, the crest on their kit. And that's what Pasha did. And, and and he scored goals. He assisted, you know, he even got a call up to the Canadian national team, which now, is, it's 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 a feat in itself, right? The Canadian national team isn't what it used to be. Now the Canadian national team is is a powerhouse in, in CONCACAF. So for him to actually get called up and play a couple of minutes for the Canadian national team from where he he was not too long ago, eighteen months ago, playing USL and Indy Indy Eleven, I think it was. It's a, it's a great feat for him individually. Unfortunately for him, you know, with injuries and and things like that getting in the way, hopefully. Uh, the training staff is able to get him stronger, more healthier, and he's gonna be, oh, he's gonna be able to play it better and more and more um, and without injuries, you know. But we'll see. Like I said, you know, I think it just it starts with that midfield. We need distribution. They need distribution. They need help. The ball needs to move up into the box, and it, it just hasn't. I don't have anything to add. You said it all. Oh, okay, so you know, obviously, you know, then you know, we had a we had a move today for the Dynamo guys. Um, Derek Jones, as someone prior, mentioned prior to the chat, moved on for him and fifty thousand dollars in GAM in twenty twenty three for two hundred fifty thousand dollars in GAM in twenty twenty two from Charlotte FC. Sean, your thought on this move? Obviously, there has to be a pending move coming after this if we're picking up money for this season. So any thoughts on this
0: Sean? yeah so there there actually were technically two moves uh, announced today cuz you had that move and then you had Nico Lemoyne that was uh, loaned to uh Oakland Roots of USL as well so uh two players leaving uh frees up two roster spots technically uh Derek Jones in exchange for the 2023 you know 50k worth of gam and Derek Jones we get back 250k worth of gam Uh, For this season, look, you don't you don't trade for GAM for this season unless you plan to use that uh, general allocation of money for this season. Uh, As far as my thoughts on the trade itself, look, I think that was proper value for the player. But at the same time, I'm and had become a big, you know, Derek Jones fans just in general. I've seen I've seen enough of him to know that he does have the potential and the capability to be a guy that can bring the ball forward from the back, he can do a lot of things distribution wise. He's a pretty good dribbler at times, but I think he also suffers from that inconsistency piece where sometimes he could be very hot and sometimes he could be very very cold, where you you really don't even want to see him on the pitch anymore because he's that bad at that time. Um, but you know, if there's you know, anything I can really say about him, you know, I found out this week that he's a Spurs fan, and and really I can never. Lovingly depart with a player who's a Spurs fan, so you know I'm a little hurt by it. Not gonna lie,
1: but you know it's it's funny because you know through all through all this turmoil that the club has had, you know, with 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 different coaches, different types of style of play, uh, disappointment after disappointment in seasons and seasons and and things like that. Um, we've, we've we've kind of lost a lot of good players, man. You know, they're, they're actually doing really well in other teams now that they've been that they left the. Houston dynamo, you know, as of late, you know, <clears throat> and it's kind of sad to see what, what could have been, you know. I'm I know, obviously everybody knows the one game where Derry Jones started and he had like an amazing run. He just like kind of bone rushed everybody and it just ran across the field like a gazelle and then assisted on a on a goal. I forgot who scored the goal at the other end, but it was an amazing, it was just an amazing game for him. I mean, I was I saw that and I was like, dude, because Derry Jones' physique, the just the 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 body type that he has as a player. He, he would be a destroyer of – he would be the destroyer of destroyers in MLS, you know? Uh, and, and it's just a shame that, you know, it didn't work out for him here, especially under Tab. And then, obviously, Paulo and, and the new regime didn't see enough in him to to want to keep him around. But, you know, you know, hopefully it goes well for DJ. But, I mean, it would suck to see him do really well, become a, a destroyer in MLS, and then we could have had that. But, you know, obviously we're worried about the now – and what's going on today, you know, Houston Dynamo means he brings up uh, Christian Ramirez and Tomas, you know, winning trophies. And then, and, you know, Owen Coyle won the league, you know, in India. Uh, and, you know, obviously Wilmer Cabrera did, has, done a, has done a job at RGV as well, uh, you know, getting those guys back in the playoffs. And, you know, Romel Kyoto doing a thing with uh, Montreal uh, and with Kiki Struna, of all people, as well. So, you know. It's sad. Hey, the legend Tommy Mack out there with New England Revolution starting for those guys, you know. So it's it's a shame, man. It's a shame. But, you know, hopefully <laughs> Pat and the guys are going to get the shit turned around sooner rather than later. And, you know, we'll be able to keep a lot of those players that, you know, have talent and, you know, can grow with the Dynamo and can take us to the now and the future as well. But um, but yeah, Nico Lemoyne. One of those players that came out of nowhere last year under the tab, you know, and they played a couple of games. It looked he looked okay, you know, but just out of nowhere, just kind of fell off. Um, still a young kid, I think he was twenty twenty one, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, obviously, he, he they're gonna do the the Palomino approach and send him to USL for a full season, so he can get game time and hopefully consistent starter minutes, and he can maybe show the show the the club that that he's above USL level because Palomino obviously showed that. That's why, you know, he's back with the team. Um, but we'll see what happens with uh, Nico Lemoyne You know, I know he'll have a former teammate over there with Alejandro Femayor, who's over there as well. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. Uh, anything else you want to add to these transactions that we had today with the Dynamo?
0: You know, I'm sitting here shaking my head, but the answer is no. I mean, I are I, I, Yes. I think you know, and, and a couple of people have said a very various, various things, but I I think that you know it is clear that that the move today uh, moves today, if you will. Uh, they're they're setting up for an additional move somewhere, um, and I think that move is sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, Pat said uh, you know very you know recently after the SKC match. That they're looking for another two, another one to two players, um, you know, to to bring in another one to two players to bolster the the squad. Um, you know, I I don't know. You know, allocation money is not something that's tracked in such a way that we can see how much allocation money is available. To uh, to Zach Jay's point, he mentioned earlier. You know, six hundred k six hundred eighty k of our GAM went to to covering bringing in Corey Baird. Um, you know, last season and then,
1: the, and then the Parker as well to New York Red Bulls we spent a lot of that stuff on that as well. Yep. Um uh, but we did but look, get
0: some because we not a lot, but we did get some for transferring out Ramirez to uh over to the Scottish Premier Aberdeen, League,
1: Aberdeen, yeah. yeah. Um so my my question to you I mean like, you know, obviously, you know, GAM is a mechanism that's used within the league. It's not nothing that is technically used for outside Outside players. <clears throat> yeah,
0: you can't use it to transfer a player in. Yeah.
1: So, 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 my question is, you know, our, I mean, we're looking at the season right now. Obviously, we've seen the club these first two see these first two weeks and these first two games. um Could you do you think Pat could be prepared to bring somebody who within the league that's ready to go? You know, to maybe bring a spark into into the Dynamo. I don't. I don't. I mean, you know, obviously before this trade was announced, you know, on the. Search disco that both you and me are on. You know, we have a little back back and forth. A lot of people wondering what this trade could be. You know, what kind of players could be brought in and things like that. You know, and just you know what maybe what player isn't 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 doing well at their club and wants to go to another club and within the league and things like that. So I mean, you know, obviously it's something that could be used. I mean, uh, and then on the other hand as well, we I mean you know we're on the, we're number two on the allocation order. Um, what's going on with that? You know. So I mean, you know, it's 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 a lot of things going on. That it's a lot of things going on around the Dynamo, but nothing has yet fizzled out as far as like you know what players are focusing on us from within the league. I guess if anything, if anyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's uh, plenty of players within the league. I think that can fit. You know, the the real desire, which is a creative player. Uh, you know, in that general area of a tent. <laughs> you remember, <clears throat> Mark? Uh, it was just last week on the show when we were talking to Hector Herrera that I brought up that, you know, remember when it comes to Pat Onstead and his tenure in Columbus, there was one thing that they did that helped elevate that team beyond signing just Ryan, And that was also bringing in another playmaker in Darlington Nagby from within the league. Yes, it was a massive move. It cost a lot of allocation money at the time to make it happen. But look at how that worked out for Columbus. That was absolutely the right move. I think if you were to ask Pat today, he wants to find that same type of move within MLS because a domestic player in that position, even if it's just a six or an eight, somebody that can distribute the ball forward, wherever that is. And, you know, in that, in that run of run of the midfield, that particular player exists within MLS and there are opportunities to try to grab that type of player. Now,
1: go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, it's, 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 uh, I I think, (laughs) I think that situation was a little bit, you know, where everything kind of aligned because you have a club where Nagby was at with Atlanta United that's obviously always looking to buy bring, bring players in from the from outside the league and, and bring in high-ceiling high prospects from, from South America or, or wherever, right? And then you obviously had Columbus Crew who were trying to rebuild from what they were and trying to solidify that midfield. And they saw an opportunity with bringing in Donovan Nagby, who's a, a, a fringe United States national team player, and of, of of sorts but you know obviously a dominant uh dm so you know with that being said i mean you know if if we're looking at players i mean like who 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 realistically could the dynamo come, bring in that another team would be willing to let go you know that that that's high level you know because obviously i mean the, the positions we're looking for is 10 and winger i mean a number 10 and a winger that, that that's that's it Everything else everything else can can stay at as is until the summer when you know when you, you reevaluate everything the first half of the season to see what you know if if so and so lived up to to whatever or if they didn't, right? But right now at this moment what we need is a 10 and a winger. So, you know, who 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 out there? I mean, to be honest, would you know, because you know tens in this in this league is a is hard to come by, you know, because once you got one of those, you're basically one of the top teams in the league, a championship cal- caliber team. You know, you look at your, you know, Celer- like you said, your your Charles Gills, you know, your your uh, uh, Pazuelo, um, you know, players of that nature. You know, it's 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 hard to get your hands on those tens, Nicholas uh, L- Lodero, you know. So, ooh, ooh, really.
0: <laughs> George, I hope you're listening. Uh, Giovinco is available right now, uh, actually for for really cheap. And oh, UNCC he,
1: he signed with uh, Sampodia. Oh, did he?
0: Damn it, Giovinco! He would have been perfect, yeah. absolutely perfect for what we need right now. I mean, absolutely, God, he would have been absolutely perfect. George would have lost his shit. Uh, oh yeah,
1: for, for sure. Uh, but but you know, but the unfortunate thing about that is that the Dynamo and I and the reason why I don't think it happened is because the Dynamo would have to use their allocation order on Giovinco because he is a former DP. Who else Adam, are they going to
0: use the allocation order for? There are no good players to use the allocation order on right now. I mean, have you who, seen who that knows? allocation list? It's not like you just use it on
1: players you bring Whoa, in from wow. overseas. I, I, yeah, no, no, I got you. No, I understand.
0: Unless you're like dying for somebody that's like a Omar Gonzalez. I mean, now I will no, no. say this. I will say this. There are teams that would probably take a certain player at center back, and there's a certain center back that, oh, his tr- contract expires this summer. That is a U.S. men's national team player that's probably looking to come back to the U.S. and would look really great paired up with a Tim Parker. I'm just saying you could always find a way if you're smart enough as a GM to make a move, to make a move, to make a move, to ultimately make a move. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, but you really got teenage, man. You're, you're trying, to teenage point. trying to kick out teenage, No, I'm not trying to kick out teenage. I'm just saying... I am just saying that there are opportunities that may arise where you have to make a tough decision. We can't be so married to some of these players that we aren't willing to move them on if the you know if the chance arises to improve at that position or No, no, improve I understand position what you, I understand elsewhere.
1: I understand what you're saying, but like but like you know pointing to like what Collins said in in a chat beginning bringing up Miguel Amaron. I was you know? going
0: to get there, but we I, he, I was busy he, on John Anthony you know, Brooks. The, the,
1: this is the reason why you don't waste the allocation spot on just a plain old player, like a Javinko, or whatever, because even though Javinko maybe might give you a good year because, you know, he knows how to, he's playing MLS. So there's no adaptation and he, and he has a lot of skill. We all know that, but he is a 36 year old player, you know, sure. uh, you know, and to have maybe an opportunity to sign a player like Miggy, you know, obviously he would cost, you would have to pay some money to Atlanta United because I'm pretty sure they hold the rights or I don't know how that works. Because he is on the allocation order, so I don't think that affects that. But who knows? It does what, not. You're whatever, correct. Whatever. But uh, but but you know. But to have an opportunity for that to happen, or you know, because you didn't think that 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 would happen. But you know, obviously Newcastle is a whole new thing over there, and they're not trying to keep these fringe players, and they don't care that. And this new regime doesn't care that they spend twenty five mil on Miguel Almirón. They they might let him go for hey pennies on the dollar, and we know what Miggy can do in MLS. And he's the and he's Paraguayan. Our number nine is Paraguayan. He's a number ten, you know. And and what I say, if you have, if you have a, a dominant ten in this league, you're a top level team, or or you're a championship caliber team. So like that's the key point. And and what what did I say the last show of last season? The off season cannot go without finding a number ten and number nine. We found our number. We found our number nine. Now we need our number ten. it's it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Don't get me wrong. I know that, look, that that position is hard to fill because it costs money to fill that position because it's, it's basically your, the heartbeat of the position, you know, where you're, you know, this, this player, you're you're putting a whole lot of pressure on this player to be able to, to provide passes, assists, distribution, score goals, uh, take away defenders from other players. So it's going to get expensive, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, you know uh, Dynamo Insider, who again everyone can trust when he says something because it's coming from a place of very good uh, sources. Uh, you know, he said the Dynamo are not looking at McG- Almarone Al- Al right now. No, nor nor do I no, think no, they no, no, should no,
1: no. be. Uh, i we
2: just them out there. Cause, you
0: know. No, I know, I know. But here's the thing that nobody's—I've seen it talked about a little bit, but not a lot. Look, Atlanta are going to have to make a move to make room for Almarone they're going to have to part with a player and they're going to have to part with a DP to make it happen. Or they're going to have to buy a DP down. It's not, <laughs> I would love Christian Harrison. I'm not going to lie. Holy crap. That is a great idea, but I don't think he could keep pacing MLS at this point. He just, I I'd know. And in this heat, Oh God, no, let's not put that kind of pressure in, 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 uh, exertion of force upon the poor guy. Um, but in all seriousness, no, yeah, Real Betis are interested in Miguel Amaron. There's a few other teams in Europe, which is why I say the chances are pretty slim because he's got European opportunities. But if Atlanta are able to secure that op- option to bring him back, first of all, basically the prodigal son at that point returning uh, to an organization that that needs something else to to get over the hump in a, in a way. Uh, but the thing is, is again, they they need to make room for that to happen. So. And again, you have to, as a business person in soccer in soccer business terms, you have to be willing to, to think, you know, play chess as it were. And you have to think multiple moves ahead. You know, you have to be the Daryl Morey of, of MLS and you have to be able to position yourself to eventually get the James Harden that the other team, you know, doesn't even know that they, that they should be keeping. You have to be able to position to do that or position to get the Eric Gordon, you know, in trades, you have to get the assets. And the thing is, is we have no assets right now. All we have are players that everybody wants to keep around. But at some point I got to be willing to trade those players because I need to get other assets to be able to start making real moves within MLS where some of the better players that are currently available reside.
1: I love the, 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 the comparison that Everdeff said that it's, it's like finding a quarterback or, or a, not necessarily a point guard now in this and this new age league of NBA, guard. but but like a, but like a top ten player in the league. Because if you don't have a top ten player of the league, then you're you're not going nowhere. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's yeah, man. I love that comparison because just a quarterback. Think about it. You know, when the Texans had Deshaun, you know, regardless regardless of what was around Deshaun as a Texans as a Texan, not me not me per se, but as a Texan fan, wherever you guys are out there, if there's still any of you out there. You know, y'all felt that there was a chance for y'all to, 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 to accomplish something, have a winning season, win games because you had that player who, who could dominate the game, who can create and make things happen. And now that you don't have them, now you're just scrambling trying to find somebody who can at least not fumble the ball, you know, and 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 not throw so many interceptions. You know, it's 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 one of those things where like, you know, um, when we had Vicente Sanchez, who's a great number 10, but unfortunately for him, he's over he was 37, 38 years old when he came to the dynamo, you know, you know, but he still had a little bit of gas left in him. You know, we saw what kind of what kind of what kind of pressure he brought and how he made life easy for a young Albert Elise, a young Romeo Criotto. A young model Monotas you know he brought that leadership and that and that desire and he was a player who was used to the pressure playing in big games in Mexico and South America and Europe you know so he understood the situation um but and like I said to find a player like that that's somewhat in their prime it's gonna cost some money and and you know, and like it, I said, it's look, cost
0: it's look, it's gonna cost anywhere from eight to fifteen to twenty million to find and, a player and, like that.
1: And, and, and look, Ted 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 has shown that you know he's willing to spend the cash, you know, obviously with the Ferrer and the Herrera and the Herrera uh, uh bring-ins, that it, it's it's great, you know, but like man, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be tough, but you know, but but now obviously with what Ted has shown me, what Pat has shown me, I'm optimistic about it, about about it happening. Now, do I do I think it's going to happen this transfer window? Maybe not. Look, because the the window is closing is closing, and it's hard to find a player like that. Especially, a lot of players are still you know playing overseas and things like that, so you won't have them in the summer. But when the summer transfer open windows up, I think that's the number that's their number one priority, as far as you know, trying to find a player to come over that, that can play that tenth spot.
0: You know, again, I, I still think. Everybody's going to be like, who are you talking about? I, I, I don't know names. I can't say it, but I still think that they're looking within MLS and they've got a player that they're targeting. You don't make a move for 250 k GAM trading away Derek Jones unless you know that you have lined something uh, something else up. You you just don't make that kind of move. Now, they're going to say they probably don't have anything lined up. Oh, this is just a move because it creates flexibility for us, bullshit, whatever, I don't care. It's not about the flexibility in this case. This move was specifically targeted to enable them to make the subsequent move that's going to come. And I'm telling you right now, whatever that subsequent move is it's going to include a player from MLS because we're not bringing in a player from outside of MLS before the summer transfer window to your point and so that being the case we know we need a 10 right now or at least a distributor of the ball high up the pitch i don't care if it's a winger i don't care if it's a number 10 i don't care where they play but we got to have that distributor that person that, that person that can, player that can truly distribute the ball and i'm i'm telling you they've got a guy that they've pegged they've got a guy that they want and they're going to go all in on that guy with what assets they have to do it. And there may be trading of more players to come to make it happen. Don't get too attached to certain players, is all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously we can continue with that talk and the possibilities and all that stuff, but I mean, we'll wait till actually something happens and rumors we'll start coming out about what happens with that money and who we're targeting or whatever. But, <clears throat> Sean. Obviously, I know I know on the topics we were gonna talk a little bit about the possibility of Diego Line coming on through, but I think we have enough time to talk about that, you know, in future shows sure, because obviously sure. if he doesn't come on or not. But let's but let's preview the, the, the matches coming up this Saturday, man. I think I think it's one of those things where we need to get back to our predictions and things like that and get I, everybody I involved and in, see and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I agree. Let's pump the brakes real quick. we got a potential guest coming in that can join us for the previews and predictions.
1: Okay, let's let's, let's bring him in. It's always good to hear other people's thoughts and opinions about what's going to happen in these matches. Hopefully he's still
0: here because he's probably been waiting like 10 to 15 minutes, to be honest. I haven't been paying attention, and then I saw it was up there. It said admit. I'm like, oh, crap, it's my fault.
1: What's up?
3: Yo, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I
0: hear you coming through loud Um, and clear. All
1: right, we looking good?
0: (laughs) I'll have to tweak some things, but you're
1: good. Uh, it sounds good. Yeah, I can't really see you from my end, but yeah.
2: You got uh, I, I mean, see I'm... you on
1: there. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, there you go. There we go. There we go. There we go. And go ahead and introduce yourself, man, for the people
2: who don't so, know.
3: I'm George, uh, one of the co-founders of uh, Diamond Fan TV. I've, man, uh, I can't really look at the chat. I probably have to pull up the, the Twitch good. stream, but uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to always hear what the Dynamo community has to say. Uh, I've been watching the Dynamo since since a youngin, So, I mean, I've seen them go up and down, and <laughs> I don't know where we're at right now. I don't know if we're on the rise or not.
1: <laughs> but at least, you know, at least we're heading somewhere, you know. So that's, the, the, right. that's that's the good thing about it, you know, as, as to where before, you know, we're kind of stuck in kind of purgatory, you know, or not even purgatory, maybe stuck in hell you know, for, for a lot of, a lot of those seasons, but, but yeah, with that being said, man, obviously, you know, uh, before you came on, you know, we wanted to talk about and preview the, the match against Vancouver this upcoming Saturday. And, you know, since you're here, since our, since you're our <laughs> special guest, man, let's, let's hear it, man. What do you think the, the, the dynamic we're going to do against Vancouver a scoreline and then uh, a bold prediction, you know, if you have one.
3: So, I mean, I missed out on the uh, SKC game as, you know, I've seen everything. Uh, I was at work. Should we have lost? Realistically, uh, I mean, it sounds like we shouldn't have. I haven't checked out the stats. I was there at the first game. Uh, I do agree; our defense is uh, solid. Uh, I saw the question of the day. I don't believe that memo should be with the team. Um, he shouldn't be starting either. It's. I mean, some don't want to hear that. I mean, some got love for the kid. I'm not going to lie. I do have love for him, but I just don't think he's fit for the club. Uh, I don't know. Vancouver, it's at home,
2: I think they have to win 2-0. I think they have to win 2-0. Do you think they're going to win 2-0? Any, any, any thoughts on who might score those goals?
3: Man, uh, with the midfield, if our midfield is good, um, I want – I want Quintero, I want Coco, and I want uh, Vera. Uh, Realistically, will we see Quintero start this early in the season with what he had last season? Uh, Probably not. Probably closer towards, like, the middle of the season. Uh, For sure, he'll be starting or maybe even putting 60 minutes. Uh, Man, we have to find Sebas the ball. Truly, we do. Um, Like y'all said, we need a 10. (laughs) I think uh, we have – We have that with with Quintero temporarily, Uh, but I think Sebas and Fafa because I know Fafa's been pretty hungry for a goal.
1: Yeah. I agree with you, man. Sean, any thoughts on that? Too, too. I going. We'll come back to you about the bold prediction, man. We want to.
3: Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, let me think about it. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Sean, any thoughts on the on the on the game for the Saturday against Vancouver? Scoreline, you know.
0: I'm going to give two predictions. Number, and, and both of these are realistic predictions. Number one: if Coco starts, we win two one. If Coco does not start and he comes in as a halftime sub, we draw one one. Uh who scores the goals? Uh, one goal from Sebas, one goal from Fafa, uh, and then uh if that's if Coco starts, if Coco doesn't start, then and he comes in in the second half, then it's a goal for Quintero.
1: Nice, nice. I'm up, you know, man. I'm gonna be a little bit optimistic out here, man. You know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna give the guys a break, and I'm a, I'm I'm gonna go out on the limb and say they're gonna have a goal fest this Saturday, even though it's gonna be freezing, it's gonna be cold. Hey guys, make sure to get your hot cocoa get your blankets out there, you know, because it's going to be a cold one, um, but embrace it because then we're all going to be hot and sweaty in July and August. But uh, I'm going to go with a three, one score line. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Sebastian a, getting his first goal as a dynamo, getting that monkey off his back. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to say Coco's going to score a goal. And then I'm going to say Seca comes out there and scores a banger from, from the, from the white, right, from the right back uh, position, you know, just to go out there and, you know, show why they brought them out, You know, not, that's not my goal. That's not my bold prediction, but I'm going to go with a 3-1 scoreline uh, for the Dynamo winning. Um, Vancouver obviously is one of the poorer teams in the in, in the league as of late. Uh, so I feel if we're going to do any damage as far, as far as offensively, this would be the perfect team to do it against. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I mean, obviously they come into this game scoring no goals like the way we have. So, uh, hopefully we can score more goals than they do in this game so that way we can win a game. Um but yeah, coming back to you, uh, do you want me to do you want me call you by your name or Dino Fan TV? Uh, I no, mean, nah, George is fun. George is fine. Okay, all right, George. All right. So so I mean, you know, um whole prediction. Now, when uh, we say, but, say both predictions, you know, so I'll give you an example. And you know, unfortunately, this example happened one, one too many times, you know, last, last season was, you know, uh, saying, you know, a player, player has an old, old, you know, to, to win, win a game, game, game or, 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 or something game or like that, that, you know, which, you know, you know, don't want talking talk know, about old, you know, things like that, but, or saying, you know, a keeper has an assist or, you know, something, something Man, I'm going to say, and it's
3: not going to be good. Uh, but <laughs> I'll, I'll say, uh, maybe, maybe a lucky red, red card. card. <sighs> yeah. Hey, at home, at home. Uh, I mean, I mean, it seems, it seems like he like just, just if you, if you, if, you, if you, like, 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 close, close look, look at him, him and, and, and when when he, doesn't he doesn't get, get uh, uh, his overlap, his overlap and, everything, and everything. He just looks he just very, very frustrated. frustrated. Um, I just, I feel, just feel, like feel like he, he won't be one hole in this match, man.
1: we maybe, see. You know that's no, that's I, the player I, I was least worried about because, because if it's cold, cold, I think he, he plays in the cold. cold you, you know, know those Swedish guys; it they, they, they they gets cold over there, there. So um, <laughs> uh, he was he was the player I was least worried about. But, but damn, red card, uh, Sean. How about your bold
2: pick of the week, uh, Sean? Sean, I, I don't know. I might, I don't think Sean can hear us. Um, Sean, can you hear me? If you can, put thumbs up.
1: No, not King. Oh, okay. Um, I guess he's fixing something over there on technical. So right now, but let me, mm-hmm. let, let, let me give you my bold prediction. And we'll come back to Sean here in a bit. I'm going to say, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. You know what? I'm going to say Vera comes in and, um, not nah, Vera. Siren comes in because everybody hates Siren and scores and scores a brace.
3: No. <laughs> per- <all> right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that 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 way that way my guy Siren could get some love on 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 the on the Dynamo Twitter.
3: It'll just be one game and then next game he'll definitely get a red card.
1: Hey, hey, <laughs> we need we need the win right now. So if he gets it this time, then hey, it's all it's all it's all for the good. You can yeah, be yeah. a you can you can be a hero one week and be the villain the next.
3: Exactly. Uh, I guess in the meantime, uh, who do you predict to start this Saturday? Uh,
1: before we get to that, Sean, are you? Can you oh, are you? Are you, are you good?
2: Yeah. Or... So I guess for some
0: reason. I mean, I can. I, I can George, see George. Can you mm-hmm. see me thumbs upping? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah I mean, you. Everything's perfect. It's, it's it's Mark. It's not me. I just want to make sure it wasn't me. No, I see you thumbs upping. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm good. I, there was an echo problem. I was trying to clear it up.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I see. I see you thumbs up and everything, but was just you weren't you weren't saying anything. So <laughs> I had to I had to
0: try a setting. So I guess I fixed it. All right. Anyways, uh, bold predictions, right? Because we're still on that. Correct. I yeah. Haven't, haven't, okay. So bold prediction. I'm gonna go with. Uh, man i thought i had a good one uh you know what i'm going to go with that paulo gets a red card and gets sent off uh shortly before halftime uh due to uh demonstrated being demonstrative <laughs> with the uh referee or due to vancouver whooping that ass or something no maybe? no it ain't that no just bad <laughs> bad officiating uh you know calls that that are just clearly wrong uh, yeah. That they're not overturning and not varing, and when they do go to var, it's in the favor of Vancouver. Uh, look, and I mean, I'm going to say why. Uh, I mean, God, how many fouls last, you know, last week against uh, that were uh, committed on Fafa that were clear fouls near the SKC box, just not even like, and it wasn't just one foul; it was like back to back fouls. My dude was destroyed. And nothing. the The ref was like, "Nah, play on. No big deal." I mean, come on. It was oh, that officiating was so bad. If I'm Paulo, I got to start standing up for my, you know, sticking up for my guys, and I got to be vocal about it. I can't afford to be the quiet guy on the sideline that that my players don't trust. You know, don't trust are going is gonna stand up for me. I got to be vocal.
1: Oh, no, for sure. Let me go over the score lines of some of the guys from the chat real quick before we move on. I know, I know, uh, George had a question about the starting lineup, but uh, Georgie the george or, or the first george i don't know which george he is he says one zero go from Parker uh Everleft said uh dos acero for the men in orange uh means said two one um and uh, and Julio's bold prediction is that cantero plays 60 minutes plus so um yeah uh george you had a question about the starting lineup uh, you you asked me who I think is going to start as far as like midfield or like overall, just overall, over. I mean the back line, look, the back line, the back line, I think the back line is good. It's solidified stays The only difference. I think is if Seca has had enough time to, you know, build chemistry with the guys. I think he starts over, over Valentin. That'd be the only difference. Otherwise I, I wouldn't be surprised if Valentin starts another, another game uh, just to get Seca more, more, you know, in tune with the other players. The midfield is where I'm having, you know, obviously the issue. Like I said, the poll question of the of the of the week, I have to go with uh, Varan, Vera, Vera, Seren, and Coco to start off the game with, um, because I don't think Cataro's ready for to start the game yet. And if he is, then great, you know, I would take that in a heartbeat. And then for my starting three up front, um, you know, I guess you got to go Fafa, uh, obviously in Sebastian, and. And and Baird, I mean, you know, um, for you know, Baird was a ghost the last game, but you know, like I said, and I think we've mentioned earlier in the in the show that a lot of it's not his fault. Obviously, there's no distribution from the midfield. There's no there's no links up there. So it's um uh, it's I don't know. I think you gotta give the guy a chance. But you know, if 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 Coco starts and there's link up in the play and he's still not showing up, then maybe we talk next week about maybe getting Pasher into the starting lineup.
3: No, yeah, uh, I I don't know why Pasha's not starting. Uh, maybe I've missed out on on just that information. But uh, is it from his injury or just coach's decision?
1: I think I think I think like I said. I mean, like Sean said earlier in the in the show. I mean, I think it's just one of those things where we're trying to get him back to full health. Uh, I don't know if he still have has an injury, an injury, a injury that he's still you know kind of harnessing or whatever. I know that's the reason why Coco hasn't been starting, uh, but you okay. know, I'm not sh- I'm not sure about Patrick. But like I said, there's a lot of them invested in Corey Bird and Corey Baird, so I mean, not that's yeah. why and that's why they want him to succeed. That's why they give him in the starting starting spot because they invested so much money to bring him over from uh, at the, what was it LAC? Yeah. yeah, so so you know, that's probably one of the reasons why as well. So
3: no, yeah, uh, we got to have Daniel memes uh, messaging for us. You know,
1: for number sure. one fan. Yeah, <laughs> sure, for sure. Sean, yeah. any thoughts on the starting lineup for you? Aside from the midfield that we talked about earlier?
0: Uh, like I said, I feel like uh, it's probably time to give Seka the start uh, at right back and start out with Seka out there. Um, you know, other than that, attack-wise, you know, I think I made pretty clear what I want changed in midfield. Coco starting over uh, Memo. Uh, and then other than that, I think wingers, I'm fine with Baird continuing to start. I don't. I'm not ready yet for Pasher to be the guy, uh, but you know, pasture as a halftime sub, you know, he, he's going to have fresh legs long enough to go a full half uh, So give Pasher as a halftime sub, and then he can go against some tired legs or uh, at least bring a different look. Um, and, and that can create some opportunities as well. So uh, those are kind of the three or four changes in particular that I would target, I think, going into this match.
1: Cool, cool.
0: George, let me ask you
1: this question, man. I know we didn't have you last week. We had Colin and Finn last week and, you know, this week, obviously we have you and we didn't get to ask. I just want to know your opinion on this. Uh, obviously Hector Herrera coming in for the, to the Dynamo and things like that. Uh, what do you think he does for the, the Dynamo as far as a player on the pitch? We obviously know what he can do, what he's going to do as far as, you know, marketing and promotionals for, out, for the club outside, outside the, 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 the pitch. But as a player, what do you think he brings to the table?
3: Uh, just with his technicality and his, uh, his experience, his resume is pretty good compared to the rest of the Dynamo players. Um, I believe he'll fit in good for, I mean, we have until 2025. Uh, he'll get his feet wet. Uh, he's as of right now, they said that he'll play against Dallas July 6th. If I'm not wrong, um, that's when he'll debut from what I'm, that's what I've seen.
2: Okay. But, uh,
3: I think, you know, practicing with the squad, he's definitely gonna be one of those uh players that's gonna distribute the ball well. Um I think if he links up perfect with uh Quintero, maybe revive some of Quintero's uh just playmaking. Well I'm not gonna say that it's not bad that it's bad, but you know, if he may if he can help him out a bit more, uh both the both players are about the same age level. Um, and help out Vera, you know, I think he he can bring a lot to the team, uh, especially to Sebastian Ferreira.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. That's, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, when you're bringing a player of that caliber, you expect them to kind of uh, uplift the level of the whole squad, you know, and especially in a midfield position where we need a lot of help and as far as from transitioning from defense to offense. So, uh, But yeah, man, um, George, you know, uh, we appreciate you joining us, man, and you know, giving us time to to come on to Generation Orange, you know, you want to give a little bit of a shout out to your to your Dynamo Fan TV and where people can reach you at. For those oh, yeah. who don't know,
3: righty. well, thank y'all. Uh, yeah, Dynamo Fan TV. You can find me on uh, a <laughs> you can find me on Twitter with that handle Dynamo Fan TV on uh, YouTube as well. Um, um, I haven't uploaded the videos for the SKC uh, game and uh, RSL, but I'm gonna get to that tonight. But yeah. Uh, Appreciate the help, y'all, and uh, thanks for
1: having me. Oh, for sure, for sure. You gonna be at the
3: game on Saturday? Unfortunately, no. My mom's gonna come in to town.
1: Oh, okay, nice. Cool. We watch it. You watch your mom's at the house, then.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, with I'll that be, being said, uh, uh, yeah. my bad. I'll be there. What the
3: nineteenth? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll be there. Awesome, um, awesome. Season we'll ticket
1: holder, so I always there. Awesome. Looking forward to seeing you out there, man. Uh, <laughs> with, with with that being said, guys, you know we're coming up at nine o'clock. You know um unless sean you got anything else you want to say before we go um you know we appreciate the love and support guys like i said a shout out to you guys again 800 uh followers on twitter we're trying to get to a thousand as soon as possible um uh, you know with that being said you know from here on out like we said two ages up in the air now since achi achi is coming to H town so thanks guys
0: listening to the show and if you made it this far you are awesome just a quick reminder that we run live on twitch on wednesdays from 7:30 to 9 p.m central you can follow our twitch channel at twitch.tv generationorange generation orange also if you go ahead and follow our twitter we tweet out when we're going live and we also try to engage with those who tweet at us throughout the week our twitter handle is at gen radio Thanks again for listening to the show. We'll be back next week for another episode of Generation Orange. Until then, hold it down, H-Town.